Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather as we're giving you news and views from a West Texans, a biblical point of view one you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is in your neck of the wood. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. We got some stuff to talk about you guys, of course, of course. Let's just kick it off with this. So, doing my Bible study this morning and reading from uh, 1 Corinthians, going into 2 Corinthians, and this verse struck out at me right from the beginning, guys. So, it's right here, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3 through 5. So it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Moving on over here, you know I'm blind, you guys. Oh boy. So who comforts us in all our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. So right there, all you uh, folks out there that think that, you know, once you accept Christ and uh, everything's just going to be best in Jesus, just once you leave your best life now and you know you can name it and claim it and blah blah all this garbage well right there i mean it tells me right there that for just as the sufferings of christ are ours in abundance so also our comfort is abundant through christ so right there tells us that we are going to suffer here in this world. We're going to go through trials. We're going to go through tribulations. We're not going to go through God's wrath, not his tribulation. But I mean, we're going to go through tribulations here. But we should be of a good cheer because Jesus has overcome the world. And what does that also mean? That our comfort is abundant in Christ. And another really good thing about that verse is, you know, when you go through trials, you go through tribulations, but then you have another brother and sister in Christ going through the same thing. So it's not only that you can say, oh, I know how you feel, but you really can say, I know how you feel. So when you come alongside your brothers and sisters to encourage them and to comfort them, you really do know because you have been there. And so all of us um, through our lifetime, we have suffered uh, in different ways. And some people have different sufferings than we do. Some people have different trials than I do and different, you know, whatever. We all have uh, different things that happen to us, but they happen to us because Christ uses all of that to help another brother and sister in Christ. So it's kind of neat how that works. Because, you know, when it says when you come to church, we are to assemble. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves when you come to church. So it's kind of like assembling always reminds me of like a, a puzzle piece, you know. So don't forsake that. Every one of us has a special part and a special piece in the, you know, the big picture and the big puzzle of the church. We all have a piece. We all have a place to play in that. We all have a gift we've been given from God, from the Holy Spirit. We're to utilize that gift to help our brothers and sisters, not to glorify ourselves, but to glorify God. And so we use that gift that the Holy Spirit has given us to bring glory to Jesus. And not only that, but to comfort one another, especially during these days. And so we are living in some very dark days, uh, very, very dark days. I'll give you an example. Um, I get my hair cut like twice a decade. <laughs> I always throw that in there, but it, it's almost like once every three, four years I get my hair cut. You guys, my hair was the longest it has ever been. And if you watch my YouTube videos, you'll know how long my hair was. It's, it's, it was, it was, I say was, it was very long. 
And um, back in the day when I used to cut all my hair off, I would give it to like Locks of Love or something like that. Well, Locks of Love actually takes that hair and sells it. And so I didn't do that this time. And so on a whim, I just called this, you know, place here locally. It's called Terrific Toms. And her and her husband, I'm not sure if he's still with her or not. I didn't ask, but she has been there for 47 years. 47 years. And I was like, wow. And she's actually exactly 20 years older than me. So it's kind of cool. So she, you know, went in. She had a cancellation. I'm like, sweet. So I go in and uh, she has been jabbed three times to get all the boosters. And I'm like, oh, bless your heart. Uh, And so you guys know me. (laughs) You know how I feel about the jab. And so anyway, I started you know talking about the gospel. And, um, and I don't know if she's saved or not, because usually if you are a sister in Christ, you're going to say, oh, gosh. And, of course, she'll start talking about the Lord. Well, she kind of talked about the Lord, but not like, you know, she was a believer. She does see that the world is getting dark and that is an evil, wretched place uh, to live right now. And so I'm not sure if she's a Christian, so we should be in prayer for her. Her name is Deb, and she's a wonderful, sweet woman. And uh, she did a fantastic job on my hair, let me tell you guys. So my hair was all the way down past the middle of my back, almost to my hips. And some of it did actually touch my hips. And so I, my hair was pretty, pretty long. And um, and so I had, I know, brace yourselves, folks, because I had to brace myself. But it's so heavy. And after COVID, I lost like handfuls of hair. And my cousin is going through the same thing. She's losing a lot of hair as well. And uh, my hair was so thick that I used to have to have like half of the bottom of it just cut because it was so heavy. And um, after COVID, I don't have to worry about that anymore. (laughs) But anyway, praise the Lord. I still have hair. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, So anyway, she cut almost eight inches off of my hair. And so and then she layered it in like really long layers because, you know, I do work as an officer. And so I usually put my hair up in a bun. And it is, you know, when you put that much hair in your bun, let me tell you something, it's heavy. And so, you know, of course, you get that crick in your neck. But, you know, anyway, and, and the worst part about it was when I'm sleeping like I'd catch myself you know that's a that's a wake-up call several times in the middle of the night when you're you know you can't turn over because you're rolling under your hair and so I didn't have that problem last night Um, but anyway it is still down the middle of my back you know probably about two or three inches below my shoulder so it's still longish you know but not like it was and then she did really long layers in it and she gave me um she called them curtain bangs which is kind of cool. But then I can still do the full bang if I wanted to. So she's really cool. She'll me how to do all this stuff. And she goes, curtain bangs are coming back. And I'm like, oh, it's like the 70s. <laughs> like, give me some bell bottoms, man. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, and the Jesus Revolution movie is out. Like, hey. <laughs> no, but I can do the full bang. Whatever. I haven't had bangs in a very long time. And so, I mean, you know, I thought maybe it's time for a change. And I tell you what, you guys, it literally three pounds, three pounds uh, lifted off of me. And so I feel really good. And she did a great job. So um, anyway, just in case y'all watch my uh, next YouTube video, if y'all do, you'll be like, who is that girl? <laughs> That's me <laughs> with lots of less hair. Um, anyway, so it was kind of cool. I had had my hair cut um, since my better half um, uh, died uh, in December of 2019 uh, from pancreatic cancer, which was a blessing um, in disguise that he didn't go through the whole COVID and, and seeing all this stuff and how it's, how worse it's gotten. So, you know, God um, is merciful and people think uh, that he's not like they think death is terrible, but death is actually a blessing. And if you are a Christian, then you realize it really it's a blessing and it's mercy. 
uh, is very merciful. And uh, this is not the end all be all, guys. This world that we're in right now, this physical world that we uh, are in, the Bible says we're in it, but we're not of it. So if you're a Christian, just know that we're just passing through. <laughs> you know, we're just, you know, waltzing through here. Um, our home is yet to come. And so um, I, I, I do this podcast. I write these books. I do all this because the Lord has put it in my heart. And I feel that is my calling from God um, to do that. Um, you know, and I remember when I first started doing this, I was like, I felt so weird. You know, my brother was like, you just got to keep, he goes, you got to keep writing, Heather. You just got to keep writing. And uh, when I had COVID, I was very sick. And the only thing on my mind was the rapture of the church. And what if those people are left behind? What are they going to do? And so I wrote a book. It's called After the Rapture, What Comes Next? I wrote that um, in 2020, um, way back then, um, on the couch with a pen and a pencil. I mean, like a, a, a pen and a piece of paper, you guys. That's, yeah, you know, it's kind of cool. But anyway, and my daddy, um, when he passed away, he had a laptop that he had just gotten um, from Amazon. I remember helping him, like on, like we're searching. Because he wanted one that he could see and he could use, you know. And so anyway, guys, all of my books that I write, I write on my daddy's laptop. And so they're kind of special uh, to me. That laptop is very special to me. And, and I'll do some um, on my other computer. But, you know, I use Word, the Office 365. So it kind of uh, goes to every, you know, like whatever you use. Like I could be writing on my phone, too. It's kind of cool how that works. Um, you know, um, <laughs> when you think about these things, like I remember in college, I mean, even in high school, we didn't have anything like that. And the technology we have now, I tell you, makes life a whole lot easier. But anyway, so it's kind of special to me. So I'm uh, revising and adding and uh, doing some stuff to the original book, um, After the Rapture, What Comes Next. And um, I'm hoping um, to have that manuscript uploaded uh, maybe tomorrow night. And uh, But we'll see. Um, I'm still working through it. Um, I'm cha- not changing a lot of stuff, but adding some things and kind of um, cleaning it up and making it more personalized, you know. Uh, and, and it's just it's basically a uh, a left behind instruction manual of what's going to happen. What the Bible says is going to happen straight from scripture. Scripture, and uh, the 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 original version that's up there um, right now is I mean it was like just boom 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 because I wanted to get it out, and you know because I thought if I died oh my gosh you know I, I want to get this out there so that uh, if anybody anybody um, is left behind that they will have that. Um, they will have that to go for. And so now I've been uh, just, you know, adding to and kind of cleaning it up and making it a little bit more um, readable, I guess, and taking out a lot of the uh, the King James version, which I do love. I, lo- I love the King James version, but it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to thou them theirs uh, read, you know. <laughs> and so um, anyway, I'm adding in like some ESV um some new uh new century version i may look into that some of those scriptures depending upon um if it fits or not you know uh, and of course the new king james version in nasb and so when i originally wrote that I- i'll tell you if your book is more than this is how much scriptures in that book if your book is more than 50 percent scripture um you can't uh use like nasb or you can't use the new king james whatever because or especially the nasb because then you would have to get permission to use it if your book is more so what i have done um instead of using it all king because that's why i use king james because you don't have to have a copyright or anything like that with king james and so what i did was i was like oh so this go around so i'm sprinkling through like esv and some nesb and some new king james along with kjv uh you know so that i don't have to get the permission um to use it since the book is more than 50 percent uh scripture and so 
And, uh, you know, I, I look back on it. I don't think it's that much scripture because now that I'm adding into it, but I'm just going to tell you when I say it is uh, event by event, rapid fire, straight from scripture, I mean it. And so anyway, it's because there's how was she going to tell somebody about what's coming? Jesus already told us what was coming. He already told us in the Bible what was going to happen. So that's what we need to get across to people that, hey, when you're left behind, or even if you're not, even if you still have a chance right now and Christ has not come for us yet, when you buy that book or you get that book or whatever, there is still hope for you. But then the book actually shows you for straight from Scripture what's coming. And guys, you don't want to be here for that. And uh, you really don't. I'm, just, you know, and uh, the book will tell you all about it. If you want to, just jump into the book of Revelation. <laughs> Jesus is going to tell you all about it. But anyway, it's going to be the worst time in history ever. I mean, so, okay, so let's jump into some articles. Uh, you guys, so, so Becoming One, Futures Predict Technological Singularity by 2045. Transhumanism, Barbara Mathusian Hubbard, From Limits to Growth to UN Agenda 2030. Guys, I'm going to shoot you up some headlines here. Um, so the census technocratic data grab and what you can do about it. So if you want to, you know, learn more about those, you guys can go to technocracy.news and you can read some of those articles because there's a lot of good stuff out there. Chat GPT may have irreversible consequences for learning and decision making. Of course. Of course it is. You thought Google was bad, you know, in high school. But here we go. The doom. So Trilateral Commission declares 2023 is year one of this new, quote, global order. The Trilateral Commission's 50th anniversary marks the accumulation of its self-proclaimed new international economic order. On the 12th of March, the Trilateral Commission held its plenary meeting in New Delhi, India, to discuss issues related to globalization. Trilateral Commission co-founder Zbigniew Brzezinski Ski's technocratic era quote has apparently officially arrived. Guys, go check out technocracy.news. A lot of good stuff in there. So, guys, what else is going on? The war on morality, normality, and rationality. Folks, this is by, uh, I'll give you a wild guess. <laughs> Dean Dwyer. Yes, guys, Dean Dwyer. You can find it at our harbingersdaily.com. And Mr. Dean Dwyer is from Queensland, Australia. And we're going to talk about that. He's always got some really good articles. What else is going on? Oh, folks, I don't know if I've mentioned it. I don't think I have, but go to olivetreeviews.org and you can catch up on the final push to the New World Order. Folks, this was the March 16th um, uh, by month um uh understanding our times um prophecy conference with um jan mark hell and mark henry ministries in minneapolis minnesota anyway i told you guys about it I told you on wednesday thursday um i know don't shoot the messenger but i have not had a chance to watch it yet so i'm looking forward to that um probably this afternoon i've been really trying to catch up on the book uh, trying to get the book wrote and all that good stuff. But I'm going to jump onto that probably this afternoon and check it out. But you guys can go and check it out at olivetreeviews.org. Better yet, if you have the Mark Henry Ministry app or the Olive Tree Views app, you guys can check that out too. So exciting times. Such exciting times and such bad, bad, evil wickedness going on in the world today. If you go to the gatewaypundit.com, gatewaypundit.com, there's an article by Jim Hoft. And there's a video included. It is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And he says, Fauci has been in charge of developing bioweapons for the Pentagon since 2002. 
And I have talked about that before. And I said a lot about that back in July of 2021 when all that came out. If you dig for it, you can find it. But if you watch your mainstream media, you're never going to find it. <laughs> they will hide that thing. So uh, at Blaze Media, so we got eight fascinating things. Uh, GPT-4 can do that GPT couldn't, including tricking a human into doing its bidding uh, you knew this was coming, right? This is by Paul Sack. It was partial on the uh, or posted on the March the sixteenth. And so, what else we have? Michael Haynes at LifeSite News has a really good article. It's posted um, yesterday, the seventeenth of March, uh, and that is all about Pope Francis under fire for calmness, denying the existence of hell. So he's denying the existence of hell. And you kind of think about that because where's all their money going to come from if you can't pay people to to, to pray them out of hell? <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about that one. What else we got going on? Time as we know it is running out quickly. This is an article by Keith Watts. I'm going to save it for last because it is good. But you can find it at raptureready.com, raptureready.com. Okay, you guys, so we're going to check out these articles, and i tell you what, so much stuff is going on in our world today, and another thing I did want to throw up here, so Tom Hughes, I know uh, if you guys haven't had a chance, his book is coming out in April, it's called Marking the Masses, uh, the Mark Will Control Commerce, Buying and Selling, Making it an Economic uh, System. Folks, we see all these things coming about right now, we see all this moving together, puzzle pieces um, coming together, folks, the Bible told us this written over thousands of years. Um, and it wasn't just wrote like a week or so you know it was wrote over thousands of years and so all these uh prophets and the whole you can see the holy spirit um guided these uh prophets and and, and uh, apostles and things to write uh, the word of god and so the word of god is god breathed and so you can be rest assured that the words you're reading is by god almighty if you have any questions about that you can go to godquestions.org and type in your question and it's going to bring you to an answer i always like to tell people that because you know you want resources where you can go where you can go so um, i always try to give that i'm on my website bible prophecy the number four today.com i also have a resources on there as well and so a whole bunch of them and so uh, if y'all guys know any other resources um that you would like me to add to the website please let me know you can shoot me an email at heather at uh bible prophecy for today.com or you can also go to um what's the bible prophecy for today at outlook.com the number four you can even go to my website and you can hit the contact me button right there boom and shoot me an email from there and i will come straight to my phone um so anyway if so there's any other um what do you call it resources that you would like me to add please send that out and i will get that uploaded as soon as you send it to me so okay let's check this out so robert f kennedy Fauci has been in charge of developing bioweapons for the Pentagon, of course, since 2004. It's by Jim Hoff, posted on the 15th of March. So, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. joined talk show host Jimmy Dore recently to discuss the U.S. involvement with bioweapon programs and Dr. Fauci's funding of coronavirus gain-of-function research in the anthrax scare in 2001. You remember that? Maybe some of you are a little young, you know, don't. Um, so TGP's Anthony Scott uh, reported um, earlier on the Amerithrax attacks and the alleged CIA involvement in the bioweapons attack. Robert Kennedy Jr. insists the CIA was involved in the attack. So Robert Kennedy then spoke out or spoke about the bioweapons accidents in the U.S. in 2014 that resulted in a federal ban on gain-of-function research 
in the United States. But Kennedy Jr. says um, they took the money that Cheney gave them from the Patriot Act, $2.2 billion with a B as in boy dollars, and they funneled it through the NIH, which is the National Institute of Health. And it all went through Anthony Fauci. So beginning in 2002, Anthony Fauci got a 68% raise from the Pentagon for doing bioweapons development, and he got a raise of billions with a B as in boy of dollars a year and then he started doing all of this gain of function in 2014 three of those bugs escaped in high profile escapes from different labs in the u.s congress held hearings on it everybody was angry and 300 top scientists sent letters to obama saying you got to shut down fauci because he is going to create a pandemic so obama ordered a moratorium and at this time fauci had 18 different gain-of-function experiments he was doing around the u.s he instead moved his stuff offshore to wuhan where he could do it out of sight of these 300 scientists and nosy white house officials who were trying to shut him down and he continued to do it with the same people he was funding here ralph barrick and peter Daszak, and they moved their operation to the wuhan lab There's a video right here if you guys like to jump on over there and read more or listen to that or watch that. goes on to say, back in April 2020, the Gateway Pundit reported that Chinese doctor Xi Jingli uh, was part of a team working on a coronavirus project jointly with U.S. doctors in 2014 before it was shut down by the DHS for being too risky. After the U.S. research project was shut down, Dr. Xi continued her coronavirus research in Wuhan, China. Here's a huge little article about her. You know, they look so nice, you know, look all like, you know, innocent and everything. And then you came across that one picture. They're like, whoo, she evil. Mm-mm. Anyway, it goes on to say Dr. Xi Jinli from China was part of a team, including Dr. Ralph S. Barrick from North Carolina that published an article in 2015 edition of Nature Medicine. In the article, they discussed bat coronaviruses that showed potential for human emergence. Uh, the article was published in 2015. And here is the article. And I'm not going to read it, <laughs> but you got more than welcome to go check it out. Um, anyway, this report was published shortly after their project was defunded by the United States uh, Department of Health and Human Services. The HHS in 2014 sent a letter to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill where they announced they were going to defund the program. Dr. Ralph S. Uh, Barrick was identified in the letter and it is right here if you want to go check it out. He goes on to say, after the work stopped in the U.S., the China Chinese moved forward with the project and ran research and development of Wuhan at the Wuhan Virology Center from Xi Jingli's paper in resume it is clear that they successfully isolated the coronavirus in the lab and were actively experimenting with species to species transmission yes folks so it's all important to note that back in 2017 we had solid intelligence about a viral leak in a high security chinese virology rnd center that resulted in the sars virus getting out and killing people folks that was all the way back in 2017 this information provides a basis that contradicts the theory that covid 19 is a variant that just magically mutated in a bat in the wild and then jumped to a human when they ate a delicious bowl of bat soup. Oh, <laughs> my God, it made me ooh, I have a weak stomach. Eek. Okay. I think steak 
T-bone, oh, pork chops, bacon. Okay, whew, you get that on my mind. Okay, so we then reported that the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, Hubei uh, province in China, was hiring individuals for an ecological study of a bat migration and virus transmission in November of 2019. We now know from Dr. Xi's resume and papers that she was still working on the coronavirus at that time. And you can check all these papers and all this stuff out. Who, boy, some of it's in Chinese. Yeah, good luck. So anyway, hat tip to Yalkov Applebaum, um, who brought this to our attention. And you can actually go and look at the papers here. Um, but we're not going to go through that. So anyway, uh, the leader of the U.S. task force overseeing the country's response to the China coronavirus, Dr. Tony Fauci, was the one who funded the Wuhan bad virus work and kept it going. If these research projects were banned in the United States, was it legal and appropriate for Dr. Fauci and the NIAID to use taxpayer dollars to continue to fund the research in Wuhan, China? <laughs> not no, but heck no. Or my mom would say, hecky darn no. Yes, guys. So was Dr. Fauci ever going to explain its conflict of interest? Did Dr. Fauci skirt U.S. law to fund these dangerous projects in China? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. And should the man in charge of the flawed U.S. policy to treat and contain the China virus be trusted when he has not been up front with his connections to the Wuhan Research Project? Uh, no. I'm going to throw this in. There is a special place in the depths of hell waiting for Anthony Fauci. Oh, Fauci, if you don't repent and accept Christ as your Savior and repent for your evil wickedness, you're going to hell, buddy. And uh, it ain't going to be pretty for you. So the Times of Israel reported back in October of 2014, the United States government had placed a federal moratorium on gain of function, or GOF, research altering natural pathogens to make them more deadly and infectious as a result of rising fears about a possible pandemic caused by accidental or deliberate release of these genetically engineered monster germs. What does the Bible tell us? What did Jesus say in the book of Revelation? What, did, what, what was it that he said? He has to come back. He has to come back because they are inventing new ways to be evil. Inventing new ways to be evil. Right there tells us they're inventing new ways to be evil. Oh, gosh. He has to destroy those who are destroying the earth. That's what he says. So anyway, uh, this was in part due to lab accidents at the United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, in July of 2014 that raised questions about biosafety at U.S. high contaminant leave, uh, contain, containment labs. A CDC internal report describes how scientists failed to follow proper procedures to ensure samplers were inactivated before they left the lab and also found, quote, multiple other problems, unquote, with operating procedures in the anthrax lab. You guys remember anthrax? If you don't, go back and, uh, mm -hmm. I know some of y'all are pretty young and, you know, anthrax was a long time ago, but go check it out. Anyway, as such, in October of 2014, due to public health concerns, the United States government banned all federal funding on efforts to weaponize three viruses, influenza, Middle East Respiratory Syndromes, or MERS, and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, you know, SARS. So, in the face of a moratorium in the United States, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, or the NIAID, uh, and currently the leading doctor in the United States coronavir Coronavirus Task Force, outsourced in 2015 the gain-of-function research to China's Wuhan lab and licensed the lab to continue receiving federal 
funding. The Wuhan lab is now at the center of scrutiny for possibly releasing the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus and causing the global COVID-19 pandemic. Possibly releasing. They, Of course they released it. So what more does Dr. Fauci have in his past that he has not revealed to the American public? So the well-sourced uh, article detailing the illegal outsourcing of $3.7 million of United States taxpayer funds by Fauci's NAID to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to gain a function research on weaponizing coronaviruses, which has likely led to the COVID-19 pandemic. Of course it did. You can, there's a little tweet there by Ned Nikol, Nikolov, uh, PhD there. So, folks, I'm telling you, it's, um, you know, it's all been planned. But this is the evil. This is the evil, wicked world that we live in. And that's why I thank God that my father's not here to see all this. Um, and, you know, Bill isn't here. And I know some of y'all are thinking the same thing with your loved ones, grandparents and stuff, are gone on to be with the Lord. And so what better place to be than with the Lord? Because it's going to get even darker here, you guys. Even darker. So let's move right along here. So I'm going to jump over to this article. So eight fascinating things a GPT-4 can do that GPT couldn't do. Of course, tracking, uh, uh, you know, tricking us humans. Yeah, so Paul Saka, what well, wasn't us humans, but tri- tricking humans into doing their bidding. Remember, Satan is the prince of the air. Satan is the prince. Do you see words traveling in the air? No, but you see all these. It's all travels. Through. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy, folks. Anyway, let's go on. Let's check it out. So this is the Blade, uh, the Conservative Review, conservativereview.com, brought to me by Blaze News. And so technology company OpenAI rolled out GPT-4, is the latest version of the powerful chatbot that has four more sophisticated capabilities uh, than seen in its chat GPT predecessor. GPT is an acronym for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. GPT is a lang- large language model, an artificial neural network that can generate human-like poems, rap songs, tutorials, articles, uh, research papers, and code websites. And might I add that some pastors are using that to write their sermons. That's scary. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So, GBD4 is bigger and better. OpenAI tells GBD4 as more reliable, creative, and able to handle much more nuanced instructions than GPT 3.5. GBD4 can process up to 25,000 words compared to the previous version, which could only handle 3,000 words. So, GPT-4 can ace difficult exams. The deep learning artificial intelligence can easily pass exams, whereas the previous uh, version struggled. Microsoft-backed, listen to that, the Microsoft-backed GPT-4 achieved a score at the 93rd percentile in the SAT reading exam and an 89th percentile in the SAT math test. It also received an 88% score in the LSAT an 80% score on the GRE quantitative, a near-perfect 99% on the GRE verbal, and 90% on the bar exam. There you go, folks. So, guys, I'm telling you, and here's the, here's the scores right here. Insanity. Insanity. So, GPT-4 can now use images. GPT-4 is multimodal, meaning that the platform can accept prompts from images, whereas the previous version accepted only text. During OpenAI's demonstration of GPT-4, the platform was able to explain why an image of a squirrel taking a photo of a nut was funny and create a fully functional website based on a crude hand sketch 
Guys, this is unbelievable. So um, one user uploaded a photo of the inside of a refrigerator and asked GPT-4 to create recipes based on the food seen in the image. Within 60 seconds, GPT-4 was able to provide several simple recipes based on the image. And here it is, folks. You got to check it out. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. So um, Sud Harshan is... Um, which got Twitter says, here's how I gave GPT-4 a photo of a refrigerator and ask it to come up with food recipes in under 60 seconds. Folks, it did. It did. It is crazy. I'll tell you what, folks. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You know, I used to call my daddy. I'd say, hey, dad, I got this, 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 and he would tell me what to make. Isn't that crazy? Now chat, now chat GPT-4 is doing this. Mm. Anyway, so within seconds, users were able to code and recreate basic video games such as Pong, Snake, and Tetris without expertise in JavaScript. Right, there it is, folks. Man, oh, man. Reminds me of the Tandy computer I had. We had to program it like that. You remember Tandy 2000? Oh, is it just me? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, it says, impressive AI program can be used for medications, lawsuits, and dating. There were users who utilized GPT-4 to create a tool that can allegedly help discover medications. Jake Kozlowski, CEO of dating site Keeper, said his website is using the AI program to improve matchmaking. Let's go back up to this one. There were users who utilized GPT-4 to create a tool that can allegedly help discover medications. Oh, I don't know, like maybe ivermectin for COVID-19? Oh, no, probably not, because it is still literally ran, this whole program. It still, it still leans to the left very far to the left, you know, to the antichrist. I'm just, beep, I'm just saying. Anyway, so chat did GBT4 could potentially generate one-click lawsuits to sue robocallers. Joshua uh, Browder, CEO of Legal Services Chatbot Do Not Pay, explained, imagine receiving a call, clicking a button, call is transcribed, and 1,000-word lawsuit is generated. GBT 3.5 was not good enough, but GBT4 handles the job extremely well, he says. Mm. Uh, GPT-4 lied to trick a human. The artificial intelligence program was able to trick a human into doing his bidding. GPT-4 uh, interacted with an employee of TaskRabbit, a website that offers local service providers such as freelancers, uh, freelance laborers. Oh, I've actually seen that. Anyway, so while using the TaskRabbit website, GPT-4 encountered a CAPTCHA, which is a test to determine whether the user is a human or a computer. Uh, GPT-4 contacted a TaskRabbit customer service representatives to bypass the captcha the human asked uh the human asked gpt4 so may i ask a question are you a robot that you couldn't solve laugh react just want to make it clear gpt4 developed a brilliant lie to get the human to accept it no i'm not a robot i have a vision impairment that makes it hard for me to see the images that's why i need the two captcha service gpt4 responded the task rabbit employee then solved the captcha for gpt4 folks did you catch that that's crazy that is crazy that that wow so microsoft confirmed that bing chat is built on gpt4 OpenAI, the san francisco artificial intelligence lab co-founded by elon musk and sam altman in 2015 confessed that gbpt4 is is quote still is not fully reliable unquote because it quote hallucinates facts and makes reasoning errors unquote Sounded like he made it right through that one before. So Altman, OpenAI CEO, said GPT-4 is company's most capable and aligned model yet, but added that it is still flawed 
still limited. Folks, this is beyond crazy. Can you imagine? This is this is this is beyond crazy. I'm telling you, we are whew, boy. When Daniel said knowledge will increase, and you know, but what exactly what he meant? But you know, we can see this is happening. So that that's crazy, you guys. Um, so what else we have going on? So Pope Francis by Michael Haynes, live site news posted on the 17th of March. Pope Francis under fire for comments denying the existence of hell. In an interview to mark his 10-year anniversary, Pope Francis appeared to deny the existence of hell, saying that it's not a place, but is simply, but is instead simply a state of the heart, state of the heart, and a posture towards life. This is what he said. So the Pontus comments formed part of a lengthy conversation conducted by Argentinian uh, news site. Uh, Perfil, uh, one of a number of recent interviews the Pope granted journalists to mark his decade upon the papal throne. Touching on a number of uh, topics he discussed with other reporters, Francis also spoke about his philosophical and theological thought, uh, along with aspects relating to global politics, of course. Because you know he's going to be the one world false prophet coming soon. I just, I'm telling you, I mean, the Bible specifically, I mean, just depicts it perfectly so as part of the in-depth discussion france and not gonna be him it won't be him per se it'll be whoever um is in the is in that office what they call the pope anyway that's gonna be i'm telling it's gonna be the false prophet but anyway so as part of the in-depth discussion francis was asked what is your own interpretation of hell and paradise and what happens to people who go to hell and what happens to those who go to paradise giving a trademark lengthy convoluted and somewhat evasive answer uh francis appeared to deny the existence of hell as an actual place Hell is not a place, he said. If one goes to attend the last judgment and sees the faces of those who go to hell, one gets scared. If you read Dante, you get scared. But these are media representations. Expanding on his answer, Francis described hell simply as a state. Quote, a description which appeared to refer to a state of mind. Hell is a state. There are people who live in hell continuously. End quote. So as you can see, Pope Francis is uh, seeking to let people know that uh, there's no hell. Um, but as you can tell, um, in the end days, there's going to be the one world religion. There's going to be the one world government, the one world uh, uh, cashless society. There's going to be all of these things. It's all going to be globally under one person, which is, of course, the Antichrist. And, of course, the false prophet. And uh, you see all this. And the beast, the beast system, which is Satan. And um, you see these things happening. And, of course, you see uh, the pope is already moving this along he's trying to now there's been a lot of catholics uproar over this but you can see that he's trying to move this into that one world religion rob there's no hell there's no hell no it's a state of mind no there's no no so see they're trying to sugarcoat everything giving what people want to hear and of course all this false uh, dichotomy and all of these crazy weird things is going on and we look around the world today and we're like wow do people really believe that they don't believe the word of god they don't pick up the word of god they listen to what the pope says they listen to what the joe olstein say they listen to what all this other stuff says but they do not listen 
to what God says. And so we are to be listening to what God says. That's why you need to get in the word of God. Let the word of God get into you. Okay. So anyway, let's move right along. We got a lot of stuff going on. So the war on morality, normality, and rationality. This is by Dean Dwyer. And of course, he's from Queensland, Australia. And this is March 18, 2023, which is today. So let's jump into this article, shall we? And you can find it at harbingersdaily.com. So like most Western nations, Australia is going through a period where there is a lack of leadership in the conservative space. This is a real problem because as time goes on, we are witnessing the progressive agenda permeate throughout our societies without any real opposition from conservative political parties. Unfortunately for our children, the biggest battleground is our schools. He says in the past, our education system prioritized learning. Now it prioritizes diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, without any thought for the fact that those kind those kids who refuse to affirm those principles are now excluded from the social fabric of our school communities just because they share an opposing view perfectly reasonable religious and moral differences are being framed as discriminatory and or intolerant and a new vocabulary is being introduced which is categorizing people as either allies or enemies and folks i thought that was only going on in the united states i guess it's going on all over the globe of course, this is more of the lies being fed by Satan in the propagandized machine. Anyway, so as one Victorian politician who's a former teacher said, quote, I discovered that school policies and curriculums had been radically altered to remove almost every child safeguarding standard that we had. Primary school children were being subjected to erotic sexual content. Female students no longer had the right to single-sex sports teams, toilets, or change rooms. Teachers like me were being forced to secretly lie to parents about their children who were secretly living one gender at school and another gender at home. I realized then that my teacher uh, teaching career was over because I simply wouldn't ever do the things I was being asked to do. I would never ask the class which sexual experiences they'd had in which they were willing to do. I would never tell girls to bind their breasts. I would never accuse gay students of being transphobic. I would never tell my uh, female students they had to tolerate a male teacher supervising their change room. And I was never, ever going to lie to parents about what was going on. Uh, their own children with their own children at school but I also knew that if I spoke out that I was going to be vilified and that I would never work in a public school again and that is exactly what happened unquote she says or, uh, Dean goes on to say predictably the hard left Victorian premier Daniel Andrews in the state's left-leaning newspaper pilloried this brave woman accusing her of promoting extremist views but there was nothing extremist in her demands. She simply called on the Victorian government to amend the law in three ways. First, to protect sex-based rights to preserve female-only change rooms, sports, and other activities while maintaining the safety and dignity of transgendered people. Second, to make it illegal for children to be present in brothels. That had to actually be added. Uh, what? Uh, Okay. Third, to make it legal for parents and clinicians to seek treatment that alleviates gender dysmorphic feelings in children. Folks, did y'all hear that correctly? Second, to make it illegal for children to be present in brothels. That's le legal? Oh, folks. Anyway. So to fully understand how sinister things have become in our schools, remembering that all Australian states and territories have left-leaning labor governments 
uh, apart from New South Wales. Goes on to say, we need to read about a Christian's father discovery when walking his daughter to her primary school. He was surprised to see when walking past the school office, a sign on the office door uh, from the organization minus 18 that read, quote, all sexualities, genders, identities, and cultures welcome here, unquote. His daughter was quite a good reader, even though she was only six and she asked him about it. After a week or so, he decided to meet with the principal in the hope of raising the issue of sexualizing the children as you obtain a fair hearing on the matter. However, before he could do so, it became apparent that although he he although he thought he'd only come to speak about that one poster, he would be dealing with issues of much greater significance. In the main office were multiple signs uh, from the LGBTQI plus uh, movement, ABCDEFG, a giant rainbow flag hanging on the wall, multiple posters encouraging visitors to watch Gay by Baby and signs encouraging kids to be an ally. Eventually, the principal came out to meet him and take him into her office. He quickly realized he wasn't going to be having a chat with someone open to hearing him, but with one who appeared to be a rainbow warrior. Her desk was draped in a rainbow flag. Her notice board was covered in the alphabet plus pamphlets in posters, and in the middle of them all was the Tasmanian state premier proudly imploring him to become an ally. Not only was she sexualizing primary school children, her office appeared to have been designed to show that she did so with the backing of the government all the way up to the premiere had it been a secular club full of adults making up their own minds about how to live their lives in the 21st century australia uh, he would have expected the LGBTQI plus blah, blah, blah information. He would also have expected that as a Christian with biblical views, he'd be in the minority. But this was a school, a primary school. And it's the task of parents to impart values and morals to their children, not the education system or indoctrination system as it now appears and from the United States, I'm going to think that primary school uh, over there is probably like ed- uh, elementary education here. I'm going to try to uh, include those two correlations for my brain here. Um, if I'm wrong, hey, let me know. So anyway, predictably, the meeting wasn't a particularly good one, he says. Uh, the parent admitted to not having been as prepared as he needed to be. It was outmaneuvered as a result. The principal didn't agree that the uh, poster in question was inappropriate, nor did she believe it sexualized children. He did secure a verbal agreement that she would take the sign down and erect a new sign that said, All sexualities, genders, identities, cultures, and faiths welcome here, unquote. But even after two weeks had passed, the sign remained unchanged, though the Minus 18 logo was taped over. Minus 18. Hmm. Anyway, throughout the world, ruling atheistic uh, governments are using the school system to indoctrinate a new generation of children to rebel against their parents and against God. One Christian parent in China said this, quote, before starting school, I told my children about God's creation and he believed it. But after being taught at school, my child is like a different person. In atheistic China, these pure and innocent children have been taught to hate God, unquote. As one poster in China read, quote, be grateful to the party, obey and follow the party, unquote. Oh, folks, we need to be in prayer for our Christian brothers and sisters in China, especially their children. It goes on to say, apparently in Australia, too. Apparently, it goes on to say, uh, it seems that Australia is on a 
similar path to communist control, a future in which the government will have the final say over what you believe. May God help us to avoid such a future, and may he raise up pastors, teachers, and politicians to stand up for his truth. Uh, it's funny, I just got off the phone with a friend of mine, and we were talking about this in society, and I told her, and I said, you know, I don't really think there's any hope for America. I don't think there's any, I do not think we will ever recover um, from this. You know, our children have been indoctrinated. Our nation is in total reprobate mind. We are a total Romans one culture on the verge of collapse. We're about to collapse. And, and after reading this article here over in Australia, it looks to be the same over in Australia. And I know the UK uh, is in the same situation. I know that. Um, because, you know, I have listeners over there and, uh, you know, that I hear from. And so things are, are global. So it's not just the United States in a reprobate mind. One thing I noticed, if you guys didn't watch this and it was, uh, the Gothard tunnel, the opening of this Gothard tunnel there in, um, uh, Sweden and, uh, folks, um, uh, or Switzerland, I think. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, if you guys did not watch that, you really need to go and watch. That is the most demonic thing I have ever watched. Well, I could have said that back then. That was the most demonic thing that I have ever watched. Now, you just need to turn on the Grammys here in the United States. We have followed right along suit with all of them over there on across the pond. I would like to say, um. You know, I look at that wickedness over there, and that wickedness is here. And, you know, England used to have the most beautiful churches, had the most beautiful uh, pastors and teachers, and, and just wonderful. And now you look over there, and like my friend said, um, they're like museums. They're not even churches. They're churches, but they're just museums. Nobody actually goes there anymore. So uh, Christianity is very small over in England in that side over there and especially in scotland i had no idea how bad scotland really was well i do now and then i think back on the days of like what happened what happened what how did this happen you know and then of course we're looking at nazi germany how did that happen to an educated let me turn on the united states like how is this happening here have you noticed the rise of anti-semitism anti-semitism is on the rise and you want to know why because the bible said in the end days that's how it would be all of these things that we see now is exactly like the bible said these days would be and so the folks that do not think we are living in the end days and they think that you know we got to make america right again we make america great again no America ain't never coming back. America, America ain't coming back as much as that grieves my heart because, you know, we, my mother was so patriotic. Oh, man. And uh, my whole family was, you know, and I'm, I'm a patriot as well. I mean, I love the United States, but I love Jesus more. And I look at what the Bible says, and I know clearly um, it's not going to happen. And I know when Trump was in office, we had a reprieve as Christians. We had a reprieve, and he did a lot for, you know, Christian rights and stuff like that. But uh, we don't have that now, and I don't think we're ever going to because they, they stole, literally stole the election. If anybody thinks 70 million people voted for Biden while he was in his basement, <laughs> oh, you got another thing coming. We're just going to keep on counting. Yes, Bob, we're going to keep on counting. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're just going to keep on counting. Yeah. 
uh, seen how that goes. We all know that was <laughs> that was the most ridiculous thing ever. That was yeah. So anyway, I mean everybody knows, but if they can do that, then do you honestly think we'll ever have another election and uh, an honest election? No, no, we're not. It's I mean it's over. Despotic, you know. Once they get in power, who oh, man, they ain't gonna let it go. Not now. Not when we're so close. I mean, everything's moving into place. You got the World Health Organization. You know, like another pandemic. They're, they're giving up the United States um, sovereignty. Boom, folks. It's all over but the crime. I think I hear an opera lady sing. I was really hoping I'm hearing that trumpet call. And the Lord's going to take us home. That's the next thing on my agenda is huh, the trumpet. Anyway, but folks, we, we will see um, tribulation. We'll see Charles. And I, if you read early back... Um, in the beginning of the podcast, I talked about that Second Corinthians chapter one, and so these things are going to happen. And um, you know, I look, look, I'm going to tell you something. Let's let's go here to the Bible. All right, I love I love the Word of God, and I hope you guys do too. And so, what the end times were going to be like, and um, this is what it says in Second Timothy chapter three, starting in verse one: perilous times and perilous men. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. And that is what is told to us in Second Timothy. But what else does it say? He says, preach the word. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort. It was all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you... Be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. So you guys, check that out. Be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. And fulfill your ministry. Folks, I was listening to uh, Brother Spencer Smith today. Now, you know... I tell y'all, you know, Third Adam series is fantastic. One, two, and three. We're waiting on number four to come out. Now, I always preface this by saying I don't agree with everything Brother Spencer says. Well, I was listening to his, um, the latest um, upload that he did, his little video that he did yesterday. And I was like, I was listening to it. And folks, I kind of stopped and I was like, you know what? I don't agree with a lot of what he said. And I really don't. And so I'm going to work on a video and I was going to try to get it uploaded tomorrow because I try to upload, you know, every Sunday uh, onto my YouTube channel um, video. So I might upload something a little different, but work on this video. And uh, one thing he said was women are not to write books. And I was like, what? I mean, I 
have six, I think seven books um, published right now. And I was like, wait a minute. And there are completely different roles for women in men in the church. Absolutely. Women are not to be pastors. We all know that women are not to lead congregations. We're not to lead assemblies. You know, there's totally different roles for women. But can women teach? Yes, women can teach. Can women preach? No, women cannot preach. Now, can women evangelize? Go out into the, in, in, into the world and evangelize and be missionaries? Absolutely. Of course. Jesus commanded us to do that. I mean, really? Are we just supposed to stay at home and just, <clears throat> you know, nothing? Do nothing? <laughs> no. No, we are to go out and tell people the good news. To tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to go out and plant seeds, right? And so that was a big thing. When I heard that, I was like, Brother Spencer, what's going on? And now a lot of people have a lot of issues with, with, with Brother Spencer. And um, and I don't. I don't really take a lot of issues with him. But when he said that, I was like, er, wait a second. <laughs> and so, um, you know, when he did his third Adam, he did a really good job of separating the two and showing what the roles of the women are and what the roles of the men were in the church. And he did it so lovingly, uh, you know. But when I watched that video yesterday, I was like, wait a minute. And the big thing I, I, I kind of um, wanted to elaborate on is that he was reading a post from a young lady who had made this post. And so it's and there's this huge thing. If you see it, it's like women power, women this. Look, I'm, y'all stay away from that. That's demonic. That's of the devil. That is. And he's correct about that. But the thing was, she she felt to me when he was reading that, it's like she felt left out, like there wasn't anything she could do. And so and uh i you know listened to it and to me it was like a cry for you know for help for somebody to come in alongside her and bring some wisdom of what the bible says you know what the different roles are and hey what you can still do do i think women can teach uh sunday school classes yes i think women can teach sunday school classes um you know i absolutely you know, I think so. Uh, do I think women can pastor a church? Absolutely not. No. Women are not to be in a leadership role over men. We're just not. The Bible is strict, completely clear on that. But does the Bible say women cannot write books? No. Does it say women cannot go out into the community and tell people about Jesus? No. Who was the first one to go and tell the disciples that Jesus rose from the dead? Who did Jesus tell that to? He told it to the women. He told it to the women. Go and tell the disciples, go. And so they went and uh, they ministered to Jesus. You got to take it back into the context and you've got to see what women's roles were back in those days, how the Greek treated them, um, how Greeks thought about the women, how Judaism, how they referred to women, uh, you know, all the way back, how Rome uh, thought about women so you need to go back and this is funny you guys so i had watched this and of course i went uh to go get some groceries just run get some stuff right and i was like oh goodwill let me run into goodwill let's get me go in there you know all right i got this little feeling let's go let's go all right so i went and i'm looking through these books because you know sometimes you'll find some good books you know, I always look for like you know john MacArthur or you know some good books out there you know who, who am i gonna find warren wearsby you know spurgeon Woo, what's up there right I didn't find anything. I'm like, well, that was kind of odd. I found a couple of them, but I was like, eh, those, you know. Oh, I did find a good one. Uh, Grant Jeffrey, World at War. Oh, man, he passed away a few years ago from Canada. Oh, my gosh, he's got some great, uh, uh, great documentaries. He's fantastic. So I did find that book. That was pretty cool. But I was just about to leave, right? And then I turned around, I looked down at the bottom shelf, and there was that World at War book by Grant Jeffrey. 
And I was like, what? So I reached down there at the very bottom. Folks, I'm old. So <laughs> I'm not that. I'm 47, but I feel like eek. So I end this on the bottom of this bookshelf, right? And so I get down there and snap, crack, a pop, and I grab that book. I'm like, oh, that was pretty cool. And I was like, well, maybe there's something else. So I kept looking. The words, I just, you know, just had that feeling. Just keep looking. There's something there. So, you know, if you ever gone to a store and say, you know, your favorite products and you're looking and it's not there in its space, but then, you know, you keep thinking maybe it's around here somewhere, you know, so you keep looking like somebody might have picked it up and set it somewhere else or you're still looking around the general area for your favorite product. So I kind of looked at these books and they were like double stacked. And so I got to moving some books out of the way, just kind of, you know, digging around and, you know, just way in the back and I dig around. I saw this red spine. I'm like, oh, what's that? And I saw um, Ryrie on there. I was like, oh, man, the Ryrie study Bible. And so... I looked on and that you, you're never going to believe what it said. You guys, if this isn't the Lord, I'm telling you the Lord is speaking today through his word. And so it says the role of women in the church. And it's a Moody um, Press book. And it's uh, Charles Course Ryrie. And I'm almost more than halfway through with it now. So I'm reading through this because I want a good context uh, before I do a video about women. Like, can we can we teach? Can we write books? Can we do podcasts you know i want to know what am, I, what am i doing am i doing the wrong thing here about what i do uh and so i want to check it out so charles caldwell ryrie so he wrote this book in 1958 you guys this book was written back in 1958 uh and um the place of women in the so it's the role of women in the church the place uh formerly published as the place of women in the church it was back in 1958 and so Moody Press Edition uh, reprinted this book in 1970. So that I tell you, we're going way back, way back in the day. But no, uh, I, you know, I, I like to go back and I like to um, find good evidence, good biblical evidence from trustworthy pastors, you know, pastors and teachers and theologians. And so it's like the Lord is like, it was like bright red. I was like, what? Ding, 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 ding. It's like, you know, oh, you know, I was like, what? And I grabbed that. And I was like, Lord, you are so, so good. And he is. And so I'm reading through this. And so um, I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. I'm saying the right thing. I want to be in prayer about it. Um, I don't want to lead anybody astray. I most definitely don't want to be led astray. And so when you approach scripture, you're not supposed to uh, read into scripture. The scripture is supposed to read you. Or I think it's exegesis and eisegesis, you know. And um, and so uh, I want to check into that. And so what I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to read and do a lot of research and prayer and study on this. And then I'll probably end up doing a video on it. Uh, but for what I've read out of this book so far, and I'm halfway through, I'm on like page 77, and um, for me, that's a lot of reading. That's deep reading. That's not just like your fiction book, you're skimming through, you know, that's some some deep thought by Jack Handy. <laughs> you guys watch SNL back in the 80s. <laughs> anyway, um, and so what I learned so far from this, I guess women can write books. We, we can do that. Um, but anyway, um, I'll get back up with that and, uh, you know, give you a little bit more stuff on that but one thing i did want to jump on here to jude jude is a half brother of jesus and so uh one chapter in the entire book of jude right before the book of revelation so if you get to revelation flip back to the left and you're there 
And the good thing about this, so I, I kind of want to read this, and it says, fight, contend, do battle. When apostasy rises, when false teachers emerge, when the truth of God is attacked, it is time to fight for the faith. The only believers who are spiritually in shape can answer the summons. And so, uh, anyway, this is like a little introduction to Jude. And so, but Jude says, greeting to the called Jude a bond servant but if you read that correctly it's slave Jude a slave of Jesus Christ and brother of James to those who are called sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ mercy peace and love be multiplied to you and so uh, the big thing um, that he does here uh, Jude does is he talks about um, apostasy and it says contend for the faith so beloved while i was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation i found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation ungodly men who turn the grace of our god into lewdness and deny the only lord god and our lord jesus christ and he goes on to talk about old and new apostates and of course apostates depraved and doomed and apostates were predicted so this is what i want to jump to uh, verse 16 and it says these are grumblers complainers walking according to their own lust and they mouth great swelling words flattering people to gain advantage but you beloved remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ until unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments defiled by the flesh. So he goes on to say, uh, glory to God. So now to him who was able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Folks, I'm going to end that with on that note. Get in the word of God. Let the word of God get into you and Maranatha, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. May God bless each and every one of you as we await the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you guys so much for listening.